What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone for tuning in today. Appreciate all of those who tuned in for my live session last night with head baseball coach from Jefferson Community College, Brandon Noble. Really great conversation with him, uh, one of my close friends. So you can get a chance to watch that. Go follow me on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. Click on the IGTV section. You can watch that interview. Make sure, as I said, give it a follow. I'm almost at 200 followers. I'll be doing a jersey giveaway at the end of the month, so make sure you don't miss out on that. And if you can't find my Spotify episodes, the link for that is in the bio on that. So make sure you go and check that out. Today, I'm going to be talking about why the Bills need to extend Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott now before it's too late. And then I'm going to be going through a new Sabres topic for today. I actually got this idea from... Me and my cousin Kyle were talking the other day um, about free agents and trades the Sabres could do in the offseason. So what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks um, on Monday, specifically for the Sabres, kind of like I'm doing on Fridays for NFL quarterback rankings, is I'm going to be going through and doing one free agent from each NHL team that the Sabres should target. I'm going to be giving you who it's going to be, their position, what contract I would sign it to, and this is all assuming that the Sabres can make the deal work because it's kind of hard to, you know, predict what the salary would be based on what the Sabres decide to do in free agency, bringing back their players, what um, salary is going to be freed up from players leaving. So this is just all assumed that you could get this player. And I'm not just going to go out and sign every single big name guy. You'll see when I start getting into this, I'll do the first eight teams today. But starting off, I'm going to be talking about the Buffalo Bills. So Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are both under contract through the 2022 season. So they have this year and then they have next year as well. So far, they've both done great in their Bills tenure. Sean McDermott, three years as head coach. He's 25-23 overall. He's got two playoff appearances, which he's 0-2. 2017, his first year, they went 9-7. 2018, they went 6-10. This past year, they went 10-6. They really could have went 11-5 if they wanted to beat the Jets in Week 17. They could have. Um, so the big thing with Sean McDermott I think people are concerned about is going forward, is he going to be able to win playoff games and are they going to be able to beat you know larger opponents? This past year is kind of the first year the Bills really took the main stage. They beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, walk into Pittsburgh on Sunday night, secure a playoff win or excuse me, playoff berth by being the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, some people don't really like to use that game as an example because Duck Hodges was playing, but still a very tough place to play. They held with a lot of great teams last year. The Baltimores that came very close to beating the Patriots twice. Obviously no more Tom Brady in the division. So it's really going to be important for Sean McDermott to prove himself in the next couple of years especially with the Bills having four primetime games this year against the likes of, you know, the Chiefs, the Steelers, you know, the 49ers, a bunch of great games that they're going to have. And then Brandon Bean has done a phenomenal job since he's coming here, brought in guys like Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Stephon Diggs trade, drafting Edmonds, Allen, 
bringing in Mitch Morse, Quentin Spain, John Brown, Cole Beasley. The list goes on and on of what he's done. He hasn't really missed on too many free agents or draft picks. Obviously, Zay Jones is the big one. But other than that, he really hasn't had too many bad signings, quote-unquote. So I think it's time to really talk about giving those guys an extension. Just because the way the NFL is working right now, you don't want to be having these guys come up without contracts in a few years and you know a team like I don't want to say Kansas City because I think Andy Reid's still going to stay around for a little bit longer especially with Mahomes getting his new deal but a playoff team like even the Philadelphia Eagles who maybe wants to move on from Doug Peterson if they don't go as far as they want to and McDermott used to coach there even you know the Jets, whoever it may be, if any team can offer a lot of money, not to say that being in McDermott would leave, but you never want to have that risk. And so far, I think they've done enough to covet a new contract extension. Personally, I would sign them through 2025, so add three years each onto both of their deals, kind of keep those guys together once again. And the reason I don't want to extend it super long term, you know, like five, 10 year deals. Is because, like I said, we still need to see what they can do now that Bray's out of the division. We need to see them win playoff games. Um, I'm less concerned about being being shown that he can bring in the proper pieces. And McDermott's a great head coach. And you look at the coaching record. 2017 was a year in which no one really thought the Bills were going to make the playoffs. And they were going through a lot of influx with their roster. We knew pretty much half those players weren't going to be coming back just because it, it was a new regime. And you knew that being in McDermott, both wanted to bring in their own guys. So they really exceeded expectations in getting to the playoffs that year. Obviously had some help from the Bengals in that final week. 2018, I actually think they overachieved then too. You drafted a young quarterback in Josh Allen. You, The only thing they really screwed up was not having you know, a backup plan because we all knew, well, at least a lot of the fans knew Nate Peterman wasn't the guy. I know being in McDermott both had faith in him, but that obviously didn't work out. Allen got pushed into a tough situation, and then he ended up getting hurt. So Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley both had to play games throughout the year. Um, games in which, if Allen plays, we probably could have won some more games as well, and even been maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. And then obviously last year was the big year, going 10-6, and six, winning some big games, as I mentioned. And really, they were in every game, and like I said before, they could have beaten the Jets Week 17 if they wanted to, but they chose to rest because they already had you know, their playoff spot locked up. So they could have went 11-5 last year. So he's done a really good job coaching. He's obviously more of a defensive-minded coach, which kind of worries me because it is trending into a passing league, but that's more of the job of Brian Dable. And we're going to see what he can do this upcoming year with Josh Allen. But overall, I think many Bills fans and, you know, just players in general are happy with McDermott and Bean. So I think extending them would be perfect. Continue to build up that culture that all the players and free agents when they come in talk about and draftees as well. And I just think it's good to get continuity. You look at what the Sabres were able to do in you know, the mid-2000s when they had that big core group of guys together along with Lindy Ruff. And you know that whole organization was great up and down, and now it's kind of flipped the opposite way where the Bills are well-run and the Sabres are you know, falling apart. And that's kind of how the Bills were back in the day. You know, head coaching changes every year. 
um, GM changes, personnel changes. So I just think it'd be very smart for the Bills to sign McDermott and Bean through 2025. Make sure that they're locked up, keep the fans happy, keep the players happy, get things done, and continue to build something great going forward. So now moving on to the Sabres. I'll be going through eight teams today of one free agent that the Sabres should look to sign from each team. I'm starting off with the Anaheim Ducks. I picked Michael Delzato. Before I continue also, you have to keep in mind there are certain teams that don't have a lot of free agents or they're restricted. I'll have a few offer sheets in here, but um, also just players that might not fit. Like there's some teams where all their free agents are 32 to 35 years old, and I just think the Sabres don't need to go that route. There are a few older guys on here, but not really to that extent. So you got to keep that in mind as well. So as I just mentioned, Anaheim, Michael Delzato, uh, defenseman. I had him for a two-year, $2 million contract. 11-year vet, 49 games this year, two goals, 13 assists, plus five. Just think a good, reliable guy on the back end to be on third pair, could potentially even play some second pair minutes when needed. I think he'd be a better option than, say, a Jake McCabe. Brings a more leadership presence, and he's also been around some winning teams in his 11-year career compared to a guy like Jake McCabe who hasn't. And the big thing that I've always stressed with the Sabres is you can't just keep bringing back these same guys over and over who haven't experienced any winning and expect change. That's why I thought last year getting a guy like Marcus Johansson was actually good bringing in a guy who's been to the Stanley Cup before, bringing Colin Miller, who's been a part of Stanley Cup teams and won Stanley Cups. Um, continuing to bring in veterans like that and guys who can speak more in the locker room and potentially try to help turn this ship around for the Sabres, I think is very important. And there just wasn't a lot of other great free agents for Anaheim. Obviously, a guy like Ryan Miller would be a great story. Bringing him back to Buffalo on like a one- or two-year deal to replace a guy like Carter Hutton, who I think is obviously going to be out because he hasn't been you know, what we signed him to be a few years ago. But I think Delzato would be the best of those available. For the Arizona Coyotes, I think the Sabres try to go after Carl Soderberg center. I have him signing for a three-year, $15 million contract. A lot of playoff experience. He fills the center void that the Sabres desperately need. He's played in 73 games in pretty much every single year he's been in the NHL. So a guy that's very durable. Last year, he had 70 games for 17 goals. 18 assists for 35 points. So you'd like to see a little bit higher. The season didn't get to finish, so he probably would have been closer to the 45-point mark had the whole season played. And the Sabres really just need a guy that can put up 40 to 60 points in that second-line center role. So I think he'd be a great addition for the Sabres. From the Boston Bruins, I have the Sabres signing Tory Krug to a five-year, $28 million deal. Very great defenseman. I think he would pair super well with Rasmus Dahlin, or even, you know, a guy like Brandon Montour, Henry Okiaro, depending on what they decide to do with Montour um, as a free agent. But, you know, stealing for the Boston Bruins is always nice, taking one of their main players, and they have some cap things they got to work out as well, you know, signing their younger players and veterans that need to get paid to longer-term deals, and they already have Charlie McAvoy anyway. So I think you know, getting Krug over here would be great. He's an offensive-minded defenseman, uh, 40 points in all but his, um, or all but one year in his, you know, being a full-time NHL or his first few years. Um, he didn't play a ton of games, but pretty much 40 points in every single year. He's coming off a year in which he's had four or nine goals, 40 assists for 49 points in 61 games. 
So he probably would have been pushing, you know, 55 points if he got to play in every single game this year. Like I said, I think he'd really help our defense core for, you know, a team that already struggles to score goals as is getting a defenseman that can put up that type of numbers to go along with a Dahlin. Then you have the Okiarus, the Colin Millers to really lock down on defense. Um, not to say that Krug and Dahlin can't do that either, but they're more offensive-minded guy. And I also think it would help, especially on the power play, which the Sabres were kind of up and down with last year. From the Calgary Flames, I have the Sabres signing Cam Talbot, goaltender, to a one-year, $2.5 million deal. He's kind of going to be replacing Carter Hutton, like I said before. I don't think that they're going to bring Hutton back. I think they'll look to trade him for a late-round pick or just buy him out. Talbot's coming off of a year in which he kind of rebounded after really struggling in Edmonton after trying to become you know a full-time starter. 26 games last year, 12 wins, 10 losses, 1 tie, 2 shutouts. Um, 919 save percentage, 2.63 goals against. Really not too bad, especially when you're going to be riding Linus Allmark for most of the year. Um, Talbot, if he could play 15-20 games and put up those kind of numbers, I think you'd be very satisfied compared to what Hutton's been giving you. And you want to see what Allmark's going to give you anyway. And you want to let Ukapeka Lukanen develop. So bringing in a guy like Talbot, who's also been around some winning teams, wouldn't be a terrible idea. From the Carolina Hurricanes, I have a signing Joel Edmondson, defenseman. Three-year, $9.5 million. Uh, 27 years old, coming off one of his best seasons as a pro. 68 games played, 7 goals, 13 assists, 20 points, and a plus-7 rating. You know, Carolina... It's just really deep at defense, you know, with Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, Joel Edmondson. So I think that if the Sabres can go try to steal one of those defensemen. And I think our defensive core has gotten better, and I think the focus definitely needs to be on second-line center and developing the bottom six. But if you can go out and get a defenseman like Edmondson to really sure up your top four, because then you know Dalene and Okiaru are in your top four. You don't know what's going to happen with Rasmus Ristolainen, if he's going to get traded or not. And you've seen that him playing 20 to 25 minutes hasn't worked for his whole career. And then Brandon Montour is still a question mark. So if you can go out and add a sure thing like this, I think it would be very beneficial for the team. Um, for the Chicago Blackhawks, I have the Sabres offer sheeting. Dominic Kubalik, he's a left winger. Uh, really enjoyed a great season in his rookie year. I have them signing him to a three-year, $12 million offer sheet. He had 30 goals, 16 assists in the rookie season. As I mentioned, restricted free agent. So um, you would have to offer sheet him. And the Blackhawks are in the best cap situation. Um, so forcing him to match that would be tough for them. But I think adding a young, young player like that, that could potentially immediately step into your top six and give you 30 goals would be absolutely great. Not to mention you'd be able to put Jeff Skinner on the top line with Jack Eichel. And you can move Reinhardt with this young kid. And potentially Dylan Cousins or another second line center. Or even Marcus Johansson who they put there this year. Um, I think would be great for them. From the Colorado Avalanche. Valerie Niskanen. Right winger. I've been signing to a two year $4.2 million deal. Last year 65 games. 13 goals. 14 assists. 27 points. And plus 26 um, playoff experience, guy that would come into your bottom six, contribute right away, really provide scoring depth that the Sabres need. Um, also, it would be great to get more players from Colorado. You know, we had had some great deals with them already. You know, Ryan O'Reilly, 
for um, you know Zadorov and Gregorenko, and all those kind of deals worked out great for us. So dealing with them has been in our benefit so far. But obviously Ryan O'Reilly leaving or us trading him away doesn't look great. But um, like I said before, also just I keep on preaching, you know, bringing in guys with playoff experience or just at least veteran leadership from different teams, because I just think that's, that's something that Sabres desperately need. And I don't mean bringing in guys like. Obviously, Mark Johansson's great, as I mentioned before, but a guy like Connor Sheary, yes, he's had Stanley Cup experience and played some big games, but I'm talking more big-name guys that can really come in and make significant impacts because Sheary did not do that. Really, like, nice guy and nice player, but he just did not contribute the way he needed to for the Sabres when we brought him in. And then, finally, the last team we're going to get to today is the color or excuse me at the Columbus Blue Jackets I have us offer sheeting Pierre Luc Dubois to a five-year 27 million dollar contract this would be a huge gift for the Sabres um, Mark Scheifele has been a guy that I've consistently talked about trading for um, Luke du- Pierre Luc Dubois offer sheeting him um, would immediately fill that second line center void that we've been having for the past two to three seasons he plays left wing as well but primarily plays center uh, 70 games this year, 18 goals, 31 assists for 49 points. Previous year, he had 27 goals, 34 assists for 61 points in 82 games. So if he would have played all games this year, you're probably looking at a guy that puts up 55 to 60 points. And that's exactly what the Sabres need in that second-line center void. So being able to bring him in to play with either Olofsson or Skinner or Reinhardt on their wing, and then you have Ike obviously on the top line, Creates for a great one-two punch. And then assuming Dylan Cousins comes in as your third-line center, I think you're automatically, you know, head and tails above what you were last year. So those are the guys so far. Um, Next week I'll be doing another eight uh, teams and what free agents they should bring in. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. As I said before, please go and give at English Encore Podcast on Instagram a follow. Um, don't miss out on the jersey giveaway at the end of the month. Appreciate all the support. As always, hope everyone is staying safe and healthy during the coronavirus. I will be back on Friday um, with some more sports talk. I'll be talking about the Redskins officially announcing today that they're changing their name. They haven't announced exactly what's going to be. We're talking about some potential name fits. What about the whole situation in general? We'll be talking about you know things starting to get up with the NHL, NBA teams finally you know, getting there to their host cities and being in their bubble, um, what's going to happen when players test positive for Corona, all that sort of stuff. Um, I'll be announcing later this week who my live guest will be for the weekend. I have a few different people I've been talking to lined up. I'm just trying to figure out which one's going to be for this week, which one will be for next week. Hopefully I'll get that posted by Friday. But thank you all for tuning in. Greatly appreciated. Hope everyone has a great week, and I hope to have you guys all tune in on Friday for another podcast. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.